0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Roundtable Discussion with Parents on Pictures podcast. My name's Damien, I'm Matt, I'm Sam. And as you'll notice, unfortunately, we do not have Andy with us here today, but it means that he has left me to do some rather exciting announcements. So first and foremost, Andy and I had so much fun uh, recording with Matt and Sam. Uh, these last couple of occasions that we actually asked if they would be willing to come on as more full time hosts, obviously as busy parents working around our schedule. So from time to time, you'll get two of us, three of us, four of us. Um, but Sam and Matt have very kindly said yes, they would like to do so. So first of all, I want to say a massive thank you for coming along and, and being essentially full time uh, hosts on Parents on Pictures podcast. Thanks, guys.
1: That, thanks for asking. Yeah, really exciting stuff. Ah, I was absolutely Blood crazy. Christ. We had, we had so much fun in.
0: that we, uh, we had a little old chat and we were like, yeah, we'd like to get these guys on more. So what that means for us is that um, we are now going to be taking it in turns each week or each episode. Um, to pick a film so typically four weeks in the month you'll have a pick one from each of us which is going to be kind of cool because uh, Matt and Sam have got very different tastes to Andy and myself Uh, even though Andy and I like and love different things we are a little bit more mainstream so I'm really excited to see what it is that they're going to get us to review over the next few, uh, few episodes which is cool. Now obviously this episode was supposed to be Uh, marriage story and that was Matt's pick thank you very much Matt but because Andy couldn't be here and he really wanted to talk about it we decided that we would do a roundtable discussion so the way this is going to go is very straightforward is that we're going to take it in turns to talk about something that we've either been reading playing or watching that's not necessarily related to your typical parents on pictures podcast so yeah this is going to be brand new for us. Bear with, because we're still finding our feet. Um, but this is how it's going to work. We're going to take it in turns. Uh, I guess I'll kick off. Uh, so I've got a couple of things that I'd like to talk about first off. Have any of you seen the Netflix TV series Into the Night?
2: Nope, not it. I
1: haven't, and I, I, don't,
0: I don't even know what it's about. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to introduce it to you then, because I think you might enjoy it. So Into the Night is a Belgian production. It does have English subtitles and it does have English dubbing. um, Take it from someone who watches a lot of subtitles without dubbing and a lot of foreign stuff with dubbing the dubbing's actually not all that bad to be fair sometimes it can be absolutely atrocious but first and foremost brilliant so just a very quick overview of the tv series it's quite a short tv series but the episodes are about 40 minutes long so whilst it's you know 6 to 8 episodes i forget exactly it's in their 40 minute episodes so it's not exactly something that you could easily binge so when a mysterious cosmic disaster strikes earth survivors of an overnight flight from brussels race to find refuge and escape the sun's rays So this is a Netflix exclusive, although with a lot of Netflix exclusives, um, one that springs to mind that I watched ages ago was uh, 3%. It tends to be more of a, a foreign import that they've got the rights to distribute here in this country. So it's not Netflix money, okay? It's just Netflix distribution, which tends to be how Netflix get a lot of their stuff these days. Sorry about that. If you can see, if you're on YouTube and you're watching, my dogs have decided to hunt flies, very professional very professional
2: that, go sit, you that know. is something that my my dog likes to do and i always enjoy when you get like you go into, you're looking at the downstairs like back door and you're like why is there a huge oh it's because the dogs run the into the dogs door. yeah so, the dogs are going
0: yeah. <laughs> see, Huntfly, see Chewy's come back into hunt flies again chewy, chewy basket good boy this makes for <laughs> great audio for those of you who are listening to <laughs> those of you who are on youtube watching so into the night, um, very briefly, the sun for some reason is killing everything on earth. Okay. So it, it's to do with the radiation that's emitted from the sun and the fact that it's increased and the ozone is no longer protecting the earth. Um, these, uh, passengers on an overnight flight, um, are essentially Kidnapped by someone who is who knows what's about to happen. He runs onto the plane, holds them at gunpoint, orders the pilot to take off; otherwise, they're all going to die. None of them know uh, exactly what's going on, except for this guy. Uh, and you later learn that one of the reasons that he knows what's happening is because he works for like NATO or something like that, and so they've been monitoring what is going to happen, and they kind of predict it. And what they do is they have to stay in the shadow of the sun so it has to be night wherever they go so they're using the plane to stay in front of the sunrise otherwise the sunrise literally microwaves anything it touches because the radiation is killing anything biological anything that lives what's really good about this is it's, uh, it's all very claustrophobic because most of it, not all of it, most of it takes place on this plane. Obviously, they have to land and refuel in order to keep the plane going, and so that gives you a little bit of a breather from time to time where they escape this basically coffin that they're in. You start to learn about the characters and their backstory. Not in as much detail as, say, Lost, where they used to spend loads of time trying to go through the, each individual character's backstory. You didn't get anywhere near as much of that. And I felt that was probably, A, because of budget, but also, B, because that wasn't the story. The story is about how these characters interact with each other now during this crisis. And you get to learn just more key things about them as opposed to everything. And it kind of throws a lot at the characters and some things that... I didn't anticipate, which is why it kept me really interested. So for instance, you got your usual stuff. Okay, so how do you keep things uh ticking over with a plane that is not designed to keep going this long? I mean, you know, maintenance on a plane, refueling, and they deal with all that. But then they start cropping up the things like, well, the fuel is carbon, and so when the sun hits the fuel, even though they're refueling at night, it's been exposed to it during the day, so the fuel's not working. Is that where, they, where do they find fuel? All biological food, so nothing like all the fruits, uh, anything uh, organic, completely useless and non nutritional. Because again, even though they're landing at these areas at nighttime, it's already been exposed to the day. Go for it, Sam.
2: Have Twinkies survived? In Twinkies
0: this? <laughs> very likely have survived. That's a nice little nugget for those of you who like the zombie uh, film. Oh, what was it called? What was it called?
2: Oh, Zombie Land. Zombie Land.
0: Yes, Zombie Land. Great film. They made a sequel as well. Fabulous. Yes, I think Twinkies survived because the premise is is there anything that is uh, pre-packed or uh, tinned food, stuff like that, has been somehow protected. Even though you learn that even people who have gone into underground bunkers, unless those bunkers were deep enough, they're all dead as well. And so they start to find pockets of survivors who are either underwater, because the water has protected them from the radiation, in space. Because obviously there are astronauts up there that have no idea what's going on and they're protected from the sun because they take their own protection by the, by the form of you know billions of dollars worth of equipment and people who aren't deep enough underground. But if you weren't deep enough, then it was still able to penetrate the earth's Surface. So, yeah, there are some loopholes in their logic. I don't see how, you know, if if you're 10 feet under concrete, you're going to die, but somehow biological food inside a tin can can survive. I don't get it, but I'm not pretending to be a scientist. So, for me, I thought that the premise was great. I thought that the problems that it threw at the characters were brilliant. I thought the dynamic was good. The biggest issue for me is that the characters themselves are, by and large, some of the dumbest individuals on the planet. And this is often the problem with um, uh, disaster films or TV series. In order to create jeopardy, they have to lower the IQ of anyone in the cast by about 300 points. Otherwise people would just do the smart thing and actually might seriously increase their chances of surviving, uh, which is a problem for something (laughs) that's trying to create um, this kind of jeopardy when, you know, the logical or the rational, and, you know, we all respond emotionally to these situations, but even in an emotional state, there are certain things you might do that's like, you know what, that's just a bad idea. Don't do it. So if you can get past that, Prometheus, um, then you're really going to enjoy this TV series. So that is me kicking off roundtable discussion with Into the Night on Now Netflix.
2: And is uh, is it like a complete series? Is the story done? Mm -hmm. or is there going to be any more?
0: Good question. They do leave it on a cliffhanger. I'm not going to give the cliffhanger away. Um, Normally we would spoil, and we can spoil bits, but I don't want to spoil the ending. That's just my choice. Um, So they do leave it on a cliffhanger. Characters do survive, um, and there is room for a second series. Um, But it is even if they left it there, you can call it a contained story for sure.
1: And did you say it was, it was um, made in Belgium?
0: Yeah, made in Belgium. So a lot of it obviously is not English. There is some English in it because a lot of the, the cast speak English and they come into contact with uh, English people. For instance, they land in Scotland. That's one of the places they land to refuel. So there are English characters in it, but predominantly as a Belgium production, it is uh, French
2: mm-hmm.
0: or mostly French spoken. But still... Very, very good. So I know that I, I understand that subtitles or dubbing can really put some people off, but I personally would say, you know what, give it a go. If you don't like the first episode, don't watch anymore. Because it kind of stays on a level in terms of quality. Um, so you, this is one of those where you could easily tell from the first episode, whether it's for you or not, and you wouldn't have to watch the rest of the series. Because if you didn't like the first episode, you're not missing much. If you did, carry on. It's It's much like that. It just gets a little bit better as you go. If you can put up with, you know, appallingly stupid characters, which was one of the biggest critiques of Prometheus, you got the world's smartest people doing really stupid things. So, yeah, if that doesn't irritate you, you're going to be fine. (laughs) It sounds like a
2: really good premise. Yeah,
0: it is a great premise. It is a good premise. So that is uh, obviously... We've most of us have not seen that, so that's more for me in terms of recommending to you. So, I think what we'll do is we'll just go around the table, uh, much in the same way as the introductions, we'll do it in alphabetical order. So, Matt, what's first on your list for round table discussion?
1: Um, so, so, so something that's dominated my life this whole, whole lockdown, pretty much every night when uh, we have, we have free, which is every night now, uh, we've, we've put on a couple of episodes of uh, Game of Thrones. Um, so there's a big series. Um, I've I've already seen it. Um, my wife, Becca, didn't watch it the first time round, um, and it's been great fun revisiting all these weird, wonderful characters, strange worlds, and and big battle scenes. Have they, Have you, either of you seen it?
2: Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, interestingly, I I think I watched the first two seasons and then went back and watched them again. With my wife, and not that we're particularly prudes, but I, 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 remember just being like, right, this, this sex scene isn't, isn't. There's no plot and um, push forward in this, so we we'll fast forward this one or whatever, and this violent, definitely, but um, yeah, we um, we, we, we have then watched the whole whole thing through together, um, and uh, yeah, it's interesting. What, how did you find going back to the very start after, obviously, it's now completed.
1: Um, I I've been really enjoying it. Um, a lot of it I've actually forgotten. I think um, you know it's it's that many hours with certain characters and 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 certain places that that change hands um, from different families. It it it's 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 not a confusing story, but to 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 think about the beginning once you've already finished uh, is is difficult to do. Um, I like yourself I, I forgot how how graphic it actually is um it's extremely violent um, the sex scenes they don't hold back at all um and spoiler alert they don't they're not scared of killing off big characters, which i really like. I really
2: but- did you, again, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting in again. Did you find that by the end of the TV series that that had kind of maybe lost some of its power? I mean, spoiler alert, you know, end of season one, Ned Stark um, being executed. That was like, I mean, we should have all seen it coming. It was Sean Bean. By was Sean Bean. Yeah, we should have known. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah, that was obvious. But at the same time, we I, I remember being, thinking, where where do we go now? What mm. and but then by the very end in the final season, I was just like, so which who's it going to be? Just roll the dice, like yeah. I mean, we could. There's a whole bigger discussion about the final season, but yeah, by that point, I was just didn't care too much, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think by by the
1: end, um, I, I I was so excited to find out what the what the finale was that it, the steps to being taken to get there, I I. I cared less about. I was, oh, let's, come on, I want to see what happens right at the end. Show it to me now. Mm. And I felt yeah. like that the, the, the whole last season. But um, going through it this time, I, I know what happens. And, and I can, I can um, follow the characters a bit more with, on their on their development path, I think.
0: See, I've only seen the first two series. I haven't actually completed it yet, but it felt like such a big cultural moment if you can call it that because it was everywhere um Mm. but i almost know exactly what happened anyway so for someone like me who knows the ending because i don't live under a rock uh but i've not actually gotten past series two not for you know not liking it i actually really enjoyed series one and two that i watched i just didn't have the time to continue with it it still sat i think series one through four still sat on my dvd shelf um and I keep meaning to get around to it. But what would you say, are like the the three biggest attractions for Game of Thrones? Because you hear all about you know the blood and this that and the other. But what what is it that
1: draws people in? I, th- I think it's the the intelligent um, dialogue. You know, these some of the characters in in this in this story are not are not stupid people. They're 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 being pulled around these ridiculous battles and stories for power, but they they're not they're not stupid people and 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 some of the strategizing that goes on is very interesting um and the way the way it 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 makes you think about family heritage and 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 our own monarch in, in certain ways um it, it fascinates me
2: that's a good point and i i've i've read the books um and uh, i'm up to date apart from sort of the, the I'm sure there's probably a few novellas and some short stories and things, but um, I think what I liked about it was that I think there were certainly in the early seasons, there were things that they did in the TV series that I think were actually better for the characters. And then sometimes you flip back and forth. Sometimes they did things in the TV series that I thought I'm not so sure. But certainly some of those, there, there were certainly some elements of kind of like, fantasy novel writing and cliches that the Mm. tv series flipped back a little bit and went no we're going to go a bit more gritty and a bit more real with with some of these things i also think from a i guess from a um i was gonna say filmmaking but i guess it is kind of like filmmaking the the kind of the, the level of quality of the production mm-hmm. um i mean they, they must have must have really got some good some good money behind it obviously being hbo and all that but even like uh, even in the early seasons things like the set design and the costumes um just really get you into it i, I always think you know if you think if you're talking sort of fantasy um uh, sometimes people would think about okay what are you gonna make the dragon look like but actually as stuff like Lord of the Rings has shown, it's even more important to, I don't know, get the sigil right on someone's mm-hmm. uh, jacket or the the leather looking worn and tarnished and things like that. Um, and then the, uh, the, the other thing I would say is just multifaceted characters across the board um, and, and their, their journeys. You think of someone like the character of Bronn, who in the first couple of seasons mm-hmm. is just a sellsword. Um, and has some fantastic scenes and then travels through and right, the rise and, fall and he's sort of a survivor and and you love him and you hate him and you agree with his decisions and you think, oh goodness, I could never, you know. I, I think that that um, is, is what, what kind of uh, um, does it for me, that, that you care about these sort of second, the second line and third line of characters that you actually start to really care about almost as much as the the, the kind of the main people.
1: I like that. I, I, I liked how you you brought up Lord of the Rings. I think I think, um, I think the, the 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 costumes and the set designs and and like you say the the sigils and th- things like that. It's only rivalled by Lord of the Rings. You know the the, the, the costume is truly incredible. And you know, Lord of the Rings had a workshop working away at, at their stuff. Um, I believe Lord of the Rings they they did all that in company in Northern Ireland did that I believe um, and they did a
0: I think a lot of it was done in around this area, yeah.
2: Mm. And yeah, I was I was in Northern Ireland a few years back and managed to go and visit some of the the locations, oh and wow. that was that was really fun, yeah. Nice,
0: mm-hmm. and I think it really shows because if you look at um, again, it, it's it's all the same people, but the Hobbit. One of the things that my wife and I constantly say is that it doesn't feel like it was created with as much care and attention and love Mm -hmm. as what the lord of the rings was Mm -hmm. because they rely much much more on the advancements in cgi and even though in lord of the rings you know some of the cgi is a bit ropey because they rely on bigatures as they used to nickname them and all these beautifully crafted um, models and armor and weapons and everything was handmade Mm -hmm. it just feels like a much better production that stands the mm. test of time. I can yeah. see it as beautifully done as something like the Hobbit was, was cause let's be fair. The CGI is fantastic. I still feel that it's gonna, it's gonna age badly because mm.
2: you,
0: you can still tell that it's CGI because the human brain really struggles, um, with that sort of thing. And, and so you're telling me that the production and the love and care and attention to, um, what you were discussing is much the same. So it's like they're, mm-hmm. they're taking that time to really get it right.
1: Yeah. And, and I yeah, think I, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't read the books, but um, I believe that the books were, were, were quite similar in the fact that um, the level of detail on in, um, correct me if I'm wrong here, but yeah, there's pages of, of recipes written and, and things like that. And you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of lore in the stories, which they, they pulled out into the, into mm. the series.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I agree. I do struggle with. I struggle with the Hobbit um, movies on a whole range of different reasons. But yeah, Game of Thrones is definitely and the an antithesis in the sense of like. I always think if you can do something physically, do it physically. Um, that's. I guess that's like the Christopher Nolan thing as well. Um, don't, don't. I think you know, going for CGI, it's a bit of a cop out. Again, we could, we could, we could slide into talking about. the, the original with a prequel series of star wars and all sorts of different things but yeah certainly i would say yeah early season game of thrones even probably latter series game of thrones um they they do a really good job of, of getting doing physical stuff really well
0: nice nice and now you are you how far through did you say you were back
1: uh we're, we're halfway through season five so wow. we've still got a way to go um like i say it's It's all consuming. I actually had a a dream the other night. I was um, I was in a battle royale, which probably might lead on to something you want to talk about. um, (laughs) um, With with the Game of Thrones family, and um, I couldn't I couldn't kill Tyrion, the the dwarf. So we both won the the battle. (laughs) He's amazing. (laughs) Brilliant. Oh, that's Uh,
0: fabulous! I love that. It's taken over your life so much that is now deep rooted in your psyche and unconscious. Yeah, well done. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, love it, love it. Okay, moving on, Sam. What was your first topic for roundtable?
2: So my first one, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a book that I've finally finished reading um and it's not because it's a long book it's just for some reason i just keep picking it up every now and again and i've borrowed it off some years ago and um, and then made sort of a really concerted effort to finish it and it's not because of the is lacking either i just don't know it's just one that just i don't know maybe, maybe it might be the subject matter and so the book is um a monster calls by patrick ness um he one of my one of my favorite authors he um Uh, wrote the Chaos Walking series, um, which is a young adult uh, fiction series. Um, Again, with a fantastic premise, um, just throws you into this world where there are only men. You don't know why. Only men, only boys. um, And everyone can read each other's minds. Um, And then into this, um, the main character just stumbles upon um, a girl and he doesn't know what she's thinking because he can't read her mind. And then everything goes from there. And it, it yeah, anyway, the, I'm not talking about that series.
0: Yeah, but that sounds if, fascinating. Yeah,
2: If you like kind of um, uh, sort of young adult uh, science fiction, but kind of like science fiction light, mm. like high concept, but just done with a light brush stroke. So kind <laughs> of like a, a Hunger Games style type thing. Yeah, the the Chaos Walking series is really good. But um, so A Monster Calls is... Um, a uh, a story about a boy um who a boy called Connor who you find out early on his his mum is is ill with uh cancer and he beca- um uh, as the book goes on um receives visits from a monster in the form of a tree um, that kind of, you know, it's, it's quite, some of it's quite, the imagery is quite, I don't know, would be quite, almost like horror, quite scary. Like this tree literally crawling inside his bedroom, pushing the walls apart. Um, and really the story is all about him conversing with this tree. The tree's telling him stories uh, and he has to try and work out what these stories are about. But he he's kind of like, he reacts like a teenager, like literally, I don't care what you're talking about. Like you're talking tree, you have. i like, Brilliant. my mum dying. What, what are you on about? Um, and then it all kind of plays into sort of like the moving through the the story of him kind of, well, spoiler alert, um, coming to terms with his mum's death, her impending death. And, um, and you want, I don't know, I'm assuming you can get it on ebook. You want to get a physical copy because, in the same way as the um, Chaos Walking series has amazing illustrations of there's a kind of a physical dis- depiction of what it looks like to everyone be able to hear each other's thoughts and it's just words sprawled all over the page literally crossing over each other repeating each other there are illustrations in the monster a monster calls that are just really striking um and it um i know it's been made into a movie i, I don't know if yeah. the movie is any good if it's, I think it's Liam Neeson who voices the um, the monster, so it'd be an interesting one to see what they've done with it. But I think I, I I think it's it's fantastic. I think at the same time it's quite a tough read. Um, uh, like doesn't pull any punches in terms of the subject.
0: Yes, um, a, a um,
2: and also it's kind of a bit of oh, sorry. So yeah, um, it, the um, it's kind of a bit of sort of like magical, magical realism. is the monster real? Is the monster just in his head? There are things that make it very clear that other characters see the impact of what the monster's done, but they think that it's, they think it's Connor or maybe it is just Connor and you don't ever really, it's never really resolved. It's Mm. just, and, and he never, he questions it slightly or kind of questions it or brings it up at points, but it's never really sort of fully resolved. Um, so yeah, I would definitely, um, I definitely recommend that um, for 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 a read. Yeah,
1: that sounds That's interesting, fascinating.
2: Um, yeah,
0: it was a twenty sixteen film. Uh, Liam Neeson was the the voice of the monster. I know I've not seen it myself. I can only go by what you know, general critics and and what have you, um, were saying about it. They seem to enjoy it. Um, so I can only imagine it was paid with at least some uh, love and attention to the book. Cause I think dealing with a topic like that, um, a young, you know, young boy dealing with the, the passage, you say his mother is, uh, yeah. Yeah. The passing of his mother with cancer. Um, that requires a, a, quite a steady touch. Um, mm. so I, I, it looks like they managed to do that, but I've, I've not seen it myself, but I think I'll definitely have to either watch the film and or read the book.
2: Mm. It may be a future recommendation, future mm. suggestion. We'll oh,
0: yeah. Won't talk about it once I've seen it. I think <laughs> yeah. it, it used to be available on Amazon Prime, but we're talking predominantly the book here, and that, the book sounds fascinating.
2: Mm.
0: Okay. So bringing it back around to myself, always want to uh, raise the tone. Uh, the second thing that I'm going to discuss quickly is, <laughs> is Space Force. Has anybody seen this yet?
1: No.
0: We got any fans of the Office in here? Of course. Or oh, excuse thing. me, so I forget that we're in the UK. Sometimes the American Office.
2: Oh. I'm going to hold uh, my hand up and say I've watched all of the UK Office. I haven't watched any American Office. <laughs> I've seen the odd episode. No, um, so
0: I, I, yeah. I like, I like you two. I've seen, I've seen the whole of the English Office. Um and loved it. Christmas special, all that jazz, amazing. I think I've got them on DVD somewhere as well. Andy, who sadly could not be with us due to work commitments, or family commitments as well. Um, he loves the American office to the point where he was like, look, just, just watch it. Just have it on in the background. And, I'm on series four. I'm really enjoying it, but I'm not going to talk about the American office. Cause I know that if we do a round table with Andy, he's always watching it. So he'll probably bring it up. <laughs> um, cause like me, he has it in the background. I have friends on in the background, like all the time. Um, he has the office on the background. Anyway, the reason I bring that up is because it's Steve Carell and it's the makers of the office, the American office. So they're teaming up again. And it's come under a lot of fire recently because audiences, I think, were expecting one thing because it's Corel with the 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 um, the driving force of The Office, of people who are behind The Office, of creators, and it's Netflix money, and obviously Netflix like to throw money at their projects that they think are going to be successful. We never really know how much because they're a little bit uh, secretive with exactly how well a film or TV series is done and exactly how much money that they pass their way. But you can tell from the production values for a TV series, there's some money behind this. And I think that was the problem, not the money, the fact that the audience was expecting one thing with this team up and they got something completely different. This is by no means The Office in space. It, that's not it by, at all. Is it a comedy? Yes. Is Steve Carell playing a witless uh, individual Yeah, probably not as witless and and problematic as his character in the American office. Uh, For starters, he's a four-star general. Um, But he has a very good core and a very good heart. And that is one of the almost cliches this day. All this trepidation, all this rubbish happens in an episode, but they like to round off the episode either with a little bit of a cliffhanger or with a, a note of, hey, you know what? Everything's not all that bad because these are good characters with good hearts. And I think that might put a lot of people off these days because we've seen that all about a thousand times. There's some discussion as to whether it's going to get a second series. I think it might at the moment. I think it's sat like number two or number three on Netflix's most watched. So that in itself might garner a second series. But I got a sneaky suspicion that, like their Marvel TV series, especially The Punisher, when the, the Marvel Netflix deal was kind of falling apart they're going to release a series two they're probably not going to announce it to anyone it may crop up in your newsfeed at some point as you're going through netflix i don't Mm -hmm. think they're going to push a series two because it's not done what they wanted to and unfortunately i can see why if you enjoyed the american office i can't tell whether you're going to enjoy this because it's nothing it's, it's not even close um did i enjoy it personally yeah but would I watch it again and have it on in the background like friends or the office, or would I revisit it like game of Thrones? No, I think now I've watched it once I'm done with it. It's fine. But that's, that's the problem. It's fine. There's nothing groundbreaking about it. And I think that's an issue when you've got these creative people together. And I think it says a lot because, you know, neither of you have, have watched it and that, that in itself is not a, a criticism because we all watch different things. But I think the office was so in people's, like worlds at the time that it would be difficult to kind of escape it. And Space Force, I think is just going to just vanish.
2: And I mean, is it in any way, I, I, just from looking at, I, I haven't sort of looked at it too much about it, but I've seen a couple of people sort of commenting that they really enjoyed it. Um, some people I know from across the pond. Hmm. Um, is it in any way, I I can't see that it would be political, but I know that there's an element of, uh, you know, they're not uh, exactly. they, so they, not, they strange in a fiction sort of. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: One, th- there, are, there are a few things I did appreciate about this. Number one, they never name the president, but you can tell it's Trump because they're saying things like, oh my God, you know, don't say that. Or you know what happens when the president gets angry? He blasts it all over Twitter. And this, that I appreciated. Thought it was funny every time. I'm like, they're not calling it Trump. It's very clearly Trump and they don't like him. So I'm like, okay, cool. You got points for me there. And um, John Malkovich, who plays a gay lead scientist on the project, is amazing. He is not your stereotypical campy gay. In fact, I don't even twig that he's gay until his character himself says it. And I think he's absolutely brilliant. He's got dry wit. Um, and he is constantly, subtly reminding Steve Carell's character that he's an idiot. But they're really good friends. Um, so it never really gets between them. So there are moments and elements all over the place that I really enjoyed. But it just wasn't enough to bring it together as a whole and enjoy the whole thing. That was the problem, I think. But yeah, it does get a little bit political. And, you know, for those of us who are on the left-hand side... I can appreciate the uh, the politics is going for something. Yeah, fair play, well done. So, yeah, Space Force. Would I recommend it? Yeah, probably not. Yeah, you give it <laughs> miss. You're not missing much. <laughs> so, Matt, what's the second thing you want to chat about on Roundtable today?
1: Um, it was a, a movie I watched the, the last week um, called Climax. It's um, a French film by Gaspar Noir, who has made some horrific cinema. Um <laughs> Uh, he 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 made a film called Irreversible that played from the last. It played the last scene first, and went went back in the end time each each scene. Nice. Um, that was um, some of the most violent imagery you'll ever see in in cinema. Um, he he he's done a film called Touch in the Void, which was about a um, someone's um, soul as, as it released from their body um after being killed in the toilets and um that was visually striking very confusing uh, beautiful movie this one he, he the subject matter is is also dark uh but it's got a bit more fun in this film um it's about a bunch of dancers um that hired, have hired a big house out um to practice for a, a show that they're going to take to america um it, it starts off with a dance, which is about 20 minutes long. Um, one shot, um, some of the most incredible modern street dancing you'll ever see. Oh, it, it's, it's incredible. Um, and after that 20 minutes, it dissolves into madness. Uh, we find out that someone spiked the punch with LSD. <laughs> and, um, oh, they no. continue dancing. And things get weirder and weirder um, to the point where I was feeling nervous for the characters. It was there was a techno soundtrack that that was pumping away. There were lights flashing. There were camera angles spinning between people's legs, going over a shoulder. Um, the subject matter got dark. Um, there was lots of Lots of um, talk of violent sex. There, there was murders that took place in this house. Um, it was a, it was one hell of a trip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like
1: it. So the murders. Um, sorry to clarify, the
0: murders were they before the events or during the story? So was it like talk of murder that had happened in the house, or was it murders that were going on with these characters?
1: With these characters, oh. while everyone were was uh, tripping on LSD. It wow. Was- it was, it was uncomfortable viewing, mm. but I like being made uncomfortable and I like being shocked. Um, he's, he's one of my favourite movie directors and it, this skipped off my radar. I didn't see it at the cinema, um, but I'm glad I caught it. Um, How does he Netflix.
0: compare to his other work? Would you like rate this at all? Because full um, disclosure, bearing my British ignorance, I don't think I've seen any of his films.
1: Um, This one has a, it it sounds bizarre, me saying it, but it has a lighter uh, subject matter than his previous work. Um, I mean, if we go back to Irreversible, there's a, I think it's a 13 minute long rape scene, um, which is, is, is very, very uncomfortable. Um, And and you're, you're meant to feel that way. You know, (laughs) there's, um, the, the, there isn't as much violence in this film, compared to his other movies. Um, but the, the soundtracks there, the, the stylized, even the way that the, the credits come up, it's just unusual.
2: Um, it, I, and I would, the, op- oh. the opening dance scene that you mentioned, does it play that this is sort of going on? Is this for us, the audience, or is this part of their rehearsal? Does it sort of move back and forth between whether this is kind of something stylized or is it just, we're just, we're just watching this?
1: So it starts off as a rehearsal and then they, they finish and um, they, they, the, the DJ puts a music on and they dance for another, another 15 minutes. Um, so, so basically they, they're having a party. Having a party before before the rehearsals really kick off, um, and I I'm pretty sure they never get to tour this uh, dance production afterwards. <laughs> I
0: would be very surprised.
1: Yeah, but I I would I would recommend it if you if you want to be shocked, you want to be made uncomfortable, um, and I, you know, I think I think cinema there's an important, there's an important role of cinema to to make you question. Um, people's life choices you can tell these people have have dabbled in this underworld before and and you you get glimpses of 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 parts of them that are truly very nasty and and it and it makes you uh, reflect on how how perhaps you would behave in in a situation like that with with an unknown substance in your mm. body and that is it's about losing
0: control you don't know how you would
2: I was going to say, Matt, it's interesting. I, I, I wouldn't say I avoid sort of being shocked, but I certainly, I, I think I can make a judgment call on a movie, maybe from listening to a review or something like that, of hmm. whether I know I want to watch it or not. Hmm. Um, and some, there's some things that after listening to a review or reading a synopsis or something, it's not just that whether or not it's good or bad, it's just whether I think I know I'm not going to enjoy that like maybe for the content have you as you mentioned there, you enjoy kind of like pushing that boundary Mm. have you ever what have you ever watched something and thought i wish i'd not seen that
1: um there there are there are a few films yeah um i I won't go into detail but there's a a movie called (laughs) um serbian film
0: ah yes i've seen trailers for this and that was one of those because I'm, i'm not gonna lie i'm not on a level with you, Matt, I will watch things that will push my boundaries. But I saw the trailers and the reviews for that, and I was like, "This is not something I can sit and watch."
1: Yeah, it, that was a tough going, and I, 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 I'm, yeah, I, I, I wish I didn't watch it. And then there was a uh, 1950s movie um, called Saulo, which the, 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 it was, um, it was dark. <laughs> And I, I I really regret watching that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. A I, fair play. I, like push, I like having my buttons pushed by
0: cinema. Yeah. And, and the music. Um, I think it's uh, important.
1: Yeah. I think it's important that you know it's
0: not just pop entertainment. There's a lot that can be said out there, and this is one of those art forms that you can use to do that. So I think if everything was just, again, to use the analogy I used last episode, if it was all just hamburgers and sweets, what are we really getting from cinema? So I think it's important that this stuff exists. Hmm. Mm,
1: yeah. Um he, he 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 has had a lot of um, stick in the past for his content. Um but when I when I searched the reviews um and, and searched about this movie, it it he, he hasn't got the near the level of, of, of hassle he's he's had previously.
0: And would you cause you've already said that it's a lighter touch, but can you see very clearly that it's not even close to what he's been doing previously?
1: Um, yes, in terms yes, of that guttural feel. Very much so. Very much so.
0: Yeah, fair play.
1: Um, wow. The soundtrack ranges ranges from from disco right through to heavy techno. Um, so you know, it was that was a very varied element of the film as well. Yeah. Kept me interested.
0: Nice. Right, and don't want to do any disservice because that sounded. Uh, for me, horrifying, and is actually something that I know I'm going to look into, though. This is the problem. You've, you've got me intrigued now, so I'm going to end up researching this director probably for the next couple of hours after we finish recording, because that's the type of thing I like to do. So, Matt, I appreciate that a great deal. Coming from someone who spends a lot of his time not watching that stuff, um, it's nice to have my eyes open to something different. So thanks for that. Enjoy. Dan, um, so moving on to your second thing for this evening. What did you want to discuss?
2: Um, so... Uh, I watched the first episode of um, a TV series called *Tales from the Loop*, which I think is available on Amazon Prime. Um, and I, I, I'll be honest with you, I was hoping—I was hoping this would be my new *Stranger Things*. Mm. Um, and I'd heard sort of mixed things, and I thought I'm going to give it a chance. And it is very much in that kind of—I um, think it's the, the *Kids on Bicycles* genre. Um, uh, but uh, what i really liked before even going into um sort of the 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 series was the the origins of it it started off as a uh kind of like an, an art book where someone had basically taken the scandi culture and uh, um sort of uh, landscapes and then thrown in these strange robots um that just looked like they had been kind of dropped out of out of space or just appeared out of nowhere and the, the artwork is fantastic. And, and then this became a role playing game. One, not one that I played, but um, some people I've got some connections with uh, were part of the production of that. And, um, and that looked really cool. And then when I saw that they were making a TV series, I thought, fantastic. That's a medium that I'll probably get into this via. Um, so um, the I guess I, w- I won't go into it too much because it's one of those things that you can't necessarily explain a lot of it just if you think of it is very it is it is in the kind of the same vein as, as Stranger Things small town um scientific experiments going on in this people know that this this facility is there it's not like hidden they know it's there they know that weird stuff is going on it, the one thing I did like about it is it, it is it is kind of a bit yeah there's robots in the forest big deal there have been robots in the forest ever since the the facility was there or whatever it's called (laughs) um but it it centers around um the the first episode about this this young girl whose mother is is kind of seems to be sort of partially kind of neglectful or there's there's not kind of a mother-daughter relationship between them it's something strange and then she comes home one day and her house is gone it's just not there and 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 that part of it i was like man what would i do as a child if i came home and my house had gone um and without going into just a play-by-play what my first the point is i've only watched the first episode and i've not felt compelled to pick it up and watch the next one it was very slow moving at points it was very I felt like, I don't know, it was very, there was a lot of value in kind of the, the artistry of it, of the way it was made, the soundscape of the music so it was very much that very kind of like building sort of tension. Um, and there is kind of a, almost a, a, um, a resolution in that first episode of, of what's the, the, the kind of big questions and what's happened and what the, the what's gone on with this this girl um i just know i have no inclination to watch the next episode like Hmm. to to that sometimes you think i'm I'm in the mood for something new and i'm gonna go or sometimes like you said this is a friend's evening we're just gonna put friends on in the background or whatever um and i haven't got to the point where i felt like and all me or my wife have, have said, you know, let's let's watch the second episode and, and see where, where Tales from the Loop goes. Um, so it's so you, a bit of a kind of damning with faint praise, but yeah. Do you
0: feel obviously we're one episode in, but do you feel that it may it may be one of those rare occasions where it would have been best told as a long film as opposed to a longer TV series? So, for instance, um, let's take uh, Blade Runner. Uh, was it 2077 um i think i've got the wrong date because i've got a game stuck in my head 2049 49 yeah anyway the new blade (laughs) runner i should know that because i watched it not long ago the new blade runner film you could very easily have made that into a short tv series because there's so much material in there And you could have drawn out certain parts, cut out a bit. Anyway, you could have made it into a TV series. But instead, they went for an extremely long film. And I think if I'd watched it as a TV series, I may well have gotten bored after the first episode. But because I watched it as a one-shot film, albeit a very long one, and I was able to see beginning to end full resolution and full story, I was able to appreciate that slow-burning tale a lot more than if it had been one slow burning episode after the other so do you feel again we're only one episode in it may have been better to kind of go that route instead
2: well i think from what i can tell and i haven't looked this is just on the the a, a couple of people's thoughts on it that, I, that i've spoken to um from what i understand the rest each episode focuses on a different character and tells sort of part of their story and they're kind of all interlink.
1: yeah
2: i think there's kind of like one uh, a strength that almost killed it for me is that that first episode almost tied itself up like i didn't there weren't there were loads of unanswered questions but nothing that actually made me feel like that the narrative of that episode left me hanging for something else and also mm. there were there were interesting the characters were kind of interesting but also mm. there was no one there that i thought i need to keep watching to see their story mm. i just the 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 girl the main character um sorry i can't remember her name but um yeah i i was kind of like done and it was almost like yeah you've done a great job with that um i don't need anything more um now i mean maybe i should give it a try and maybe the other stories will be they'll take it somewhere else um and maybe part of it is that you know i don't know you you go in with preconceptions like stranger things it was almost like an identical evening where should we watch this someone's recommended it and then literally five episodes later uh, are we gonna walk, are we gonna binge this whole thing tonight? Like, are we not going to bed? <laughs> that kind of, and and maybe I wanted that from this, and then yeah. we got to the end of the first episode, and it was like, hmm, let's put Friends back on. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we've all been there. I almost did it with Space Force. <laughs> oh, such a shame. Because I, you know, full disclosure, I'm invested in that TV series because it's been on my watch list, Um, and I love all that sci-fi stuff. I've said that before, so I I want it to be good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll still watch I the would, episode, but...
2: Yeah, I would say still, I would still give it a chance. It might just be, it might just be me and my, my take on it and the, the, the stuff I was bringing to it. I would still say it's really well made. It's very atmospheric, but it is a slow burn. Um, so yeah. Mm.
0: Lovely. Okay, cool. So this, this is where we are now in uncharted territory because I think we've all got a topic or two extra that we can go around the table on. However, um, I, I did promise the guys that this would be a shorter than a regular episode and I think I'm going to break that promise. So what I'm going to do here is, anybody got anything that they have got a burning desire to throw in as a discussion for the end? Because I already mentioned a few things before we started recording the pods, but is there anything that you guys want to bring up for the end of uh, Roundtable?
2: But the only thing I was going to mention, I know we would, we kind of had some uh, a, a little bit of time, bit of back and forth on it, was um, that I'd watched the um, uh, that Josh Gad is doing this Reunited series where he's done a few different films, and he did the Lord of the Rings cast um, Reunited, and um, and I'm assuming it's going to be on YouTube for a little I time hope so. I know they're, they're, I hope so. they're raising money for yeah they're raising money for charity um, uh, by doing this, but um uh, it yeah uh, it was just absolutely fantastic i came off the end of it thinking i want to watch all of the extended editions and the making ofs i just want to watch mm-hmm. the whole thing um and um yeah d- d- just a real treat they were doing they were recreating scenes via zoom um oh, yes. i don't know you know and that for me was like that's a that's a real a real kind of like lockdown win they've done like a really good job with jump you know the jumping on what's going on with all the social distancing and all that sort of stuff and, and doing something really fun with it um i was interested in whether you guys are looking out for that and whether you've kind of seen other things at the end of the spectrum things where people have been like this is great we're going to do this in lockdown it's been brilliant and then other things where like oh can you just not like we just don't <laughs> care or whatever
1: um matt you go for this one well i i, I will definitely be catching that we're, we're big uh, lord of the rings fans in this house um Extended editions get watched maybe every three months. We, we, we put them on and, and make our way through them all. Um, we we have the uh, Trivial Pursuit um, Game of Thrones oh, man. DVD game. And, um, uh, David, I think I think we're, we're due a, a battle, aren't we? Steve? Yeah, I
0: think so. I'll tell you what, if I lose horrendously, though, you've got to come around here and play uh, Friends Trivial Pursuit. I am currently undefeated, and I've played a few games.
1: But um yeah some some of these lockdown um, um, like uh, special things where people are getting together um, some of them have, have been of a bit of a flop I think um, I, um, some concerts that i've I've viewed online um, one, one in particular um, Frank Turner i was I was due to see him on the Friday that we went into lockdown um, and um, he, he did the, the concert on 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 YouTube that evening Um, it was actually on Facebook and it was it wasn't very fun I didn't want to sit sit and watch him in his kitchen play his guitar it uh, (laughs) doesn't have the sound (laughs) and uh, Disney also did some some at home stuff which um, the kids have enjoyed me so not so much
2: (laughs) <laughs> to be fair, I did, wa- I did watch a, a live stream of a band I was going to see, a um, band called uh, Chon, who are, um, I think it's three brothers and, um, and their best friend, um, uh, kind of like, uh, I don't know how you describe them, kind of like experimental, kind of jazz, um, uh, uh, just crazy guitar riffs, and just every song is just a one extended jazz solo, pretty much. Who'd you say this um, was again? Um, Chon. T-H-O-N um, and they um they performed
0: sounds right on my street.
2: Yeah, really, yeah, just amazing. And and they performed it was like the I think it's like the tenth anniversary of one of their albums. So they, they did they, they played the album in its entirety, and it sounded as good if not better than the than the the studio recording. And you're just thinking, wow, and you're doing this in your living room. Um, so yeah, that was, that was another hit for me. But yeah, there have been some things that have been, I don't know, every time I'm watching sort of terrestrial TV and an advert comes in and someone says like, in these unprecedented times. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know in these unprecedented times, I can still buy your product. Great. Wow. Thanks. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing, isn't it? Um, I honestly, I've been working so much that I haven't really had an opportunity to catch up with all these wonderful things that are happening when it comes to what people are providing online. Uh, cause I teach martial arts and I've been doing that myself online. Um, which has been a very odd experience cause there's usually a lot of feedback cause you've got people in the room with you physically. Uh, I'll teach, you know, my team and I will teach anywhere between 10 and 70 people at a time. Um, and obviously, we make sure that if we're up with the 70s, we've got like nine to 10 instructors in the room. Um, so we can split the class. So you got this massive kind of buzz going on, everybody's learning and punching and, and doing their forms and wonderful stuff. And we've had to condense that down into an online medium. It's been very interesting we've actually had great success at it i think a lot of it is because i was kind of familiar with the technology before because i did um some twitch streaming and some voiceover work and all that jazz but never to this scale um, and so it, it's been very strange. So, the only experience that I've got is watching the entire martial arts community in like 24 hours. So, not just my schools, but the country, America, Australia, everywhere that I have contacts when it comes to martial arts schools, watching them migrate their entire business online and uh, kind of the struggles with that and the successes with that as well. Because one of the advantages is that we can teach. I mean, I, I've offered my uh, my martial arts school services out to friends and family as well as all the schools or the, at least their students because uh, they're not going to school anymore, although we're just seeing a phased return to schooling. And I can teach them all um, because geography is no longer a boundary. So what we've lost in terms of um, that one-to-one, we we've gained in terms of being able to teach students right across the world because we no longer have to worry about the geography of where we're teaching. It's just become a barrier that's been removed. Is it going to be a long-term thing? Heck no. <laughs> There's no way that I want to teach martial arts like this forever. However, I think that given the technology, there are certain services that I that will continue even once we're out of lockdown because it's such a useful tool so sadly i've not had an opportunity to sit in a um well sit in anything and enjoy these things although i will be catching up with that lord of the rings reunion because my wife and i are massive fans Uh, Mm Um having it from the other end migrating my whole business online has been a heck of an experience and an enjoyable one too yeah enjoying it right um i think that, gentlemen, is probably a very good place to leave it uh, because we, we could talk about lots of things forever in a day because we're in isolation and it's literally all we can do right now. Uh, so before we leave, um, Sam, why don't you tell us a little bit about your projects and what you're doing, um, and then Matt will move on to yourself and then, and then I'll finish. Go for it.
2: Uh, So uh, if you want to find uh, my writing or I do a uh, interactive uh, writing series, uh, you can find that at StoryMex. You can find that on Facebook where you can join in if you just search S-T-O-R-Y-M-E-C-H-S. You can find me on Twitter as well where you can get some updates and also on Patreon uh, for people that want to back me on there. So feel free to join in.
0: Also, Matt, have you got anything going on? Are you still furloughed?
2: I'm still
1: furloughed, but I'll, I'll get a bit, chuck a bit of self promotion out. Um, so um, <laughs> I um, co founded a, a company a couple of years ago um, building wearable technology. Um, in a few months' time, we're, we'll be dropping our first product. It's, a, um, it's a running wearables that, that help correct your running form. Um, two, two ankles, two anklets. Um, that get around, um We can we can tell very great detail how your feet are landing on the floor. So keep an eye out for that. Um, that's Physigo, uh, uh, the company.
0: That's awesome.
1: Um,
2: that's, yeah. 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 You Corre-
0: correct. Like me if I'm wrong, because this is your area of expertise. But beforehand, didn't you have to go into like a specialist store where they had like a running machine and they would get you on some? And it was just like this massive process. And you've really revolutionised that.
1: Yeah, we 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 condense that down into 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 sensors around the ankles before you you, you had to be in the lab to measure your running at this yeah. particular frequency. But but here we 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 can do this out of the lab, out on on your, on your runs, this on your marathon amazing, training. For marathon. it always felt I,
0: I love I love running. Um, it, as a martial arts instructor, it's a great way to keep fit. Um, but. If I ever wanted a pair of shoes, for instance, like a specific pair of running shoes, I'd have to go into a lab, I'd be put on a treadmill, they'd have to measure it all, it wasn't the environment I was running in, and I largely found it to be okay, but you're saying that you can do this in my running environment? Yes. Amazing.
1: So the the, the company's called Physigo, and the product is the Running Pro, Pro, RPP, um, which will be dropping in September, early September.
0: Amazing. And I, I know that to some of you listeners out there, this sounds very staged. I'm literally just learning about this for the first time. I knew that Matt kind of did something around that area. I didn't realize exactly what it was because he's a very humble man. You need to brag a bit more about that. That's yeah, I mean. yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, it thank you so cool. much for that. There is all, you're your regular host now, so you feel free to self-promote. Uh, it's always at the end, anyway. Um, so we're, we're never going to bring it into like the middle, as you might see with some, you know, here with some podcasts where they got their middle advertisement bit. We're, we're self-funded, so yeah, give us a, give us our juice, We'll uh, we'll promote ourselves a little bit. Um, if you want to find parents on pictures podcast, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and YouTube uh, under the same name. And of course, we are currently on Anchor, which is a podcasting platform site, and Spotify, which is uh, music and. Videos and all sorts. If you don't know what Spotify is, I appreciate that. Um, but you're probably not listening to this podcast if you don't know what Spotify is. That's just the way it goes. So you can find us through <laughs> all those mediums. Um, Andy obviously couldn't be here today. That's why I've stolen his job of doing the end bit, which if you've not learned already, I can talk a bit. So I'm going to stop it right there. Gentlemen, say goodbye.
2: Take care. Bye bye. And you bye. have
0: been listening to this very special edition of Parents on Pod- Pictures podcast Roundtable Discussion. Take care now.